Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And today we have a special guest in the studio, the, the, the Zoomio, I guess. Everybody, welcome to the show, one Lindsay Ellis of YouTube fame. Today, we are finally doing it. I think I started this podcast just so I could do this someday. We are doing Corn's Freak on a Leash versus Limp Biscuits Nookie. We have got some family values in the house tonight. I'm just really grateful that I don't have to do anything. There are many episodes where the ringers come on and I feel like I don't need to do much. But I believe that there doesn't even need to be two people on the podcast. We could have just put Lindsay down <laughs> to have a conversation with herself uh, and it would have been the best episode we'd ever done. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I think I guess we'll, we'll we'll get into it, but I guess we'll see. Were you not a new metal guy, Danny? I no, I wasn't, and we'll get into into little, that too. You were a little too old. How I was like a little too old for Pokemon. You yeah. were like a hair too old for new metal. Yeah, I feel like in going back and listening to both of these two songs, um, I thought if only I had been like somewhere between fourteen and sixteen, right? Perhaps I would have cared, but instead I was probably like 20 or something which is exactly too far it's yeah. exactly not the place that you want to be for new metal you've got other concerns that are also pointless and silly <laughs> but they're not the the ones that you had when you were between 14 and 16 right yeah they it wasn't like like you understand my pain fred durst you know it's funny i was the right age but i hated new metal but it wasn't like a cool kind of i hate new metal it was like I'm too much of a pussy to to like new metal. I was like into Smash Mouth and <laughs> it was Santana. Too hard. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what, what else was there? Like there was, I guess there. Yeah, there was like the all top forty, the like stuff moms like because every mom had that Santana album, and that was like for edgy moms. Um, yeah. No, I I had Sugar Ray, and like the hardest I got was Blink One Eighty Two. So yeah. Like, because I had and, my memory of that time was like it was boy bands and new metal, the two genders, and you had to pick <laughs> one. I knew I didn't like either of those things. And when I got on the internet for the first time, like all the cool kids were like telling me, he's like, yes, that is right. You shouldn't like either of those things. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. And uh, like a long decade of music snobbery was born. <laughs> but like, I wasn't like, I didn't dislike it because uh, for, for any of the cool reasons. I think it's interesting how like back then, like, mainstream critics were really down on like all pop music but like boy bands especially and it's kind of interesting like we don't have a new metal equivalent now but we definitely have a boy band equivalent and you know you see critics like taking bts and blackpink really seriously and evaluating them as like you know important figures in uh you know our current hellscape so it's like interesting times but it was a very different time those late 90s we didn't really have problems no it's <laughs> becoming very clear to me no, I uh, always think about what is it, uh, Godzilla, the the, the Roland Emmerich mm -hmm. Godzilla that doesn't step on any of the buildings is always right. like, <laughs> like new, new metal is the Godzilla sneaking around yeah. buildings of, <laughs> like, of, of rock it's just music. Like it seems edgy, but really it's just you know it, it's it's courteously not touching anything. You know, I, I will admit, like I was not into new metal, but I definitely had a soft spot for Kid Rock, and boy, yeah. <laughs> This you know, is like funny, the worst I, I, possible position to have. Yeah, because like uh, it's interesting to see like who had the redemption arc and who like uh, <laughs> had the opposite. You know, because I was just thinking like I was like because uh, um, as I do every podcast day, I was making shoe pastry and listening to one of like my Spotify mixes, and the Beastie Boys came on um, doing Intergalactic, which was also like exactly the same time. Um, and even at the time, they kind of felt like a relic. But like if you had been around in like the early '90s, late '80s. It's like the Beastie Boys redemption arc was not one I think anybody saw coming. I feel like people are kinder to Corn and Limp Biscuit now. Like they're still kind of goofy and you still can make fun of them. But with time, it's become less of a thing. It's like, oh, I fucking hate Fred Durst. Yeah. Well, I think also it's like because ever since Trump, it's, you do kind of have to evaluate people by what they say in public. And I think there's like this sort of weird comfort I have that's like, even if I'm like not into the things I used to be, 
Um, it, it kind of makes me feel nice that Fred Durst isn't a total shithead. You know, he just, I think he was always like, he wanted to be a normie. Like, he wanted to just direct his movies, you know. Mm. He just wanted to direct his family films and, you know, be just just a basic Hollywood guy and not support Donald Trump. And so it's it's kind of it's kind of nice to see, like, that he just kind of begs off of the kid rocks of the world. Well, before we go any further, I want to ask, I got it. This is for everyone. Which did you pick? Freak on a leash or no? Freak on a leash. Freak on a leash. One million percent. Oh, I, um, you know, here's the thing. It's really tough to say. Uh, and also because I knew right away um, that the people who vote said that this was like the worst matchup because they knew that one of these two was going to win. And that it was really obvious and it was one of the most <laughs> obvious lamps that we'd ever had. It was and like 50-50. And, and no, 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 it's not. It is exactly as predicted. But oh, okay. here's what I, here's what I want to say about all of that. Um, one of these songs uh, has a, a white guy with dread scatting. And the other one has a lyric about getting a cookie. <laughs> so is it here, really that and cut and dry, my friends? Is here is, I mean, here is another thing that is probably influencing um, the vote in a way that people probably are not realizing is uh, the music videos. Like, yeah, absolutely. The Freak on a Leash music video was directed by um, uh, Todd McFarlane, the animated bits, who you probably know from the Spawn cartoon and the Spawn comics. And the live action stuff was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who would later go on to um, have their Academy Award uh, nominated film, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, that's always uh, been fascinating to me because they wrote, made these amazing music videos. They did Tonight Tonight yeah, from the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins and they did Freak on a Leash. And then when they get to Hollywood, they make the most boring yeah, middle Yeah, very, very basic. Yeah. That was, that was what was in at the time where you had stuff like Eternal Sunshine, which was like as out there as it got. But that's, I guess, another story because like Michelle Gondry also came from music videos. But like... You know, music videos were just such a big part of the package back then in a way that they're just not now. Um, like, you know, music videos are nice and they'll get like a billion views. But like, you know, it, you know, in the era of MTV, like that was just a part of it. It wasn't a commercial for a song. It was part of the package and they'd spend like millions on music videos. Yeah. Like Korn was humongous on Total Request Live. Like they were yeah. like constantly the third place finisher after uh, yeah, Backstreet yeah. and NSYNC. Which NSYNC, it's kind of like, you know, BTS and uh, uh, Lil Nas X, like, or no, it was a BTS and, and who that kept like switching places. I, I'm for, not sure what you're talking about. For recently, anyway. So the, yeah, they yeah. like NSYNC and Backstreet would like keep switching places every single day. Sometimes Britney would sneak in there and then Korn was always at number three. Uh, but, you know, it's like during Nookie, like, Limp Bizkit would often sneak into number three, because, and the video was, of course, directed by your friend and mine, Fred Durst, as were all of the Limp Bizkit videos. <laughs> I, I did not know that. Because he wanted to be a movie director. That was like, he that he, he was doing the thing, that, that was his stealth in. Because at the time, he was also VP of Interscope Records, and because uh, I think that's kind of why the Limp Bizkit after $3 Billy all kind of got really, really tame because he wanted to be like a normie businessman who directed normie movies and had like, you know, nice <laughs> titles at normie companies. You know, that's really fascinating because I remember like that was a big deal at the time. It was like, oh, he acts like a rebel, but he's, you know. Yeah. Feet I don't up think on the he desk pretended. And... Yeah, he did. I, to my memory, he didn't pretend to like be really edgy. Like he never had any scandals. The worst that happened was like Woodstock, and then he said like I slept with Christina Aguilera at one time, but that was as bad as it got. And to my knowledge, that's as bad as it's ever gotten. Like he didn't get retroactively me tooed. Like he was just <laughs> like yeah. I don't remember. To my memory, he never pretended to be anything that he wasn't. He like I just think this is that people didn't really care because it was the late '90s. We didn't have this like mid 90s like we have to you know be you know true to our roots and not sell out and burp 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 i didn't get to ask myself which one i'd <laughs> pick i guess i have kind of like the music critic problem where i want to say that nookie is better but what i mean is that it's more interesting mm -hmm. and, yeah um, i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> sort of again because i think the thing is like nookie is about something freak out a leash is just it's, it's a white man in dreadlock scatting like it just <laughs> sounds fun like something takes a part of me you and i weren't meant to be 
Like it's just I, it's, it's, I didn't, it kind of reminds me of like that manatee in South Park where they like come up with a with a Family <laughs> Guy joke. Like you know, it's just like uh, like a grab bag of lyrics from other songs. Yeah, I think I, I got one comment in there. They're like, "This sounds like a bunch of songs slammed together," and I didn't actually know what that song is about. I, I assumed it was just you know another angsty anthem from John Davis, the mm-hmm. unhappy man. I actually found out what it was doing the the research. For this uh, episode, it's about the music industry, about <laughs> him being prayed around like a freak on a leash. And boy, did I s- immediately lose interest in ever listening to this song ever again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like, I, think... I hate songs about the music industry. I hate them. I have no feeling. I, I don't know. I just like all I know is that that man scattered a bullet away <laughs> that's what i that's it like my like that is what i remember when the song came out and and, and you know now like what 20 years later or something all i can think is man we're having all these problems today maybe if we just taught our kids to scat we just we could just scat all of the yeah. problems away what else could we yeah. scat away well there was this tweet today that was like someone asked the over 30s like was it like this when you were a teenager and it's like absolutely not three things happened in the like three things happened in that era it was uh impeachment 911 and I don't know, Heaven's Gate. Like that was all that happened in the late 90s. And um I I think it really is kind of reflective of like you, you know just like the way the mood of the music in the 90s shifted uh you know cuz I, I to me I'm like the two benchmarks the bookends are Fall of Berlin Wall, Cold War Ends, and 9-11. So you have this 10-year span where there's, you know, it's just like, yeah, there was stuff. You know, it was like in Bosnia and uh, I guess Rwanda happened like early in the 90s. But like relatively speaking, relative to the like the world history of just constant, constant war, it was a very peaceful time um and i think that's sort of like why at first you had like the nirvanas you had this like malaise and then eventually it turned angry but a very safe form of anger you know like this stuff was threatening at the time because of woodstock 99 and for columbine like people were like upset about uh, that and that's that was no not limp biscuit not corn like they were never i mean like only really ignorant people that didn't keep they were just like that rock music but like it, Marilyn Manson what was what was scary white zombie what was what was scary uh Limp Bizkit and Corn, like nobody kidded themselves <laughs> these guys were like you know I mean this is like they were edgy for teenagers but they weren't like dangerous uh I think because that was the thing they were goofy yeah Fred Durst doesn't look like the trench coat mafia yeah, he looks like the 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 guy that their trench coat mafia blames for the things they do. He's, he wears the Yankees cap like that's yeah, all he he's does. just yeah. He looks like every high school bully that you had that was not the worst bully but was just obnoxious. Yeah, he's like, like he a threw guy like that a laughs can at, at you. Jokes. Yeah, like that guy. He just looks like that guy, and like it's nice that he's not. But boy, when that music video came out, it was like. Everyone knows Fred, a guy like Fred Durst, and everybody hates him. I think there's a there's an element of the lack of sincerity too, which I think kind of led to the Limp Bizkit backlash. Uh, where you look at because I I, I, I compared to something like Rage Against the Machine, which is you know which was always respected and they've rem- remembered very fondly, and you know I kind of kept like I was listening to them a lot too recently, and. You know, I think part of that is like they were very sincere and like, you know, really genuinely stood for something in a way that like kind of became anathema in the 2000s, like in that South Park era. Um, And and Limp Bizkit never really, you know, stood for anything. And and to a lesser extent, Corn, you know, it's like Corn was like deep in their pain, but they were also kind of like tongue in cheek. And, you know, we don't really take ourselves that seriously, but like. You know, to Fred Durst, Fred Durst was a joke and people were like, well, fine, fuck you. <laughs> you know, it's like, why are you making us listen to this if you don't even take yourself seriously? I think the the words I always use to describe him is unintentionally revealing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, funny this how is people embarrassing. hate that. Yeah, but it, it was it made him a joke at the time because, you know, I did it all for the nookie. And it was like, yeah, did it all for the nookie. It's It's the original... It's the original doesn't matter had sex. 
<laughs> like, but I, I think it's sort of it's weird that like yeah it was sort of a joke at the time but not really because I since I was so up in Limp Bizkit I remember getting like you know buying like all the Rolling Stone and Spin and because that was back when music reviews were in print and I think Rolling Stone gave it like four or five stars Spin gave it like four significant other that album uh, gave it four or five stars like it's like critics liked it you know they was like it's well balanced and I, that was part of why I was like whenever I re-listened to Nookie I was like I regret to inform that this does not slap. Like it, it <laughs> it's kind of low energy uh, compared to Freak on a Leash. It's long. That's it. I went back and listened to it, and I was like, yeah. "This is almost five minutes long," and it's about a guy. I mean, like what the the plot is that there's a girl and he likes mm-hmm. her and they're together, but she's cheating on him, and he knows about it, but as long as he gets the nookie. That's that's the gist of it. And like, I don't know. I know a lot of songs about um, suckers with no self-esteem. Yeah. You know, if you if you put it in the context of the album, which, of course, I, I would is like <laughs> since it comes at the at the beginning of the album, um, you know, it's he he it, in concept, he knows he's deluding himself, you know, because it's like that's something people say whenever they're trying to rationalize getting cheated on. Like, well, fine. I never really liked you anyway. I just did it for the sex and I never really cared about you, which is obviously categorically not true, you know, because the na- the album is called Significant Other because. <laughs> He was so mad about this girl that, like, you know, that that launched a thousand Limp Bizkit albums. I think if you just, if if only we could go back in time and have him listen to Dua Lipa's New Rules, <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be it. I was reading about like how they made it, and apparently, like, he didn't come up with the the line Nookie. That's just what they were calling it while they were jamming it together, and then they told him about. It. I was like, yeah, we're calling this one Nookie because it kind of sounds like a porn anthem they found something like that was like from a porno that they they sampled yeah. or they yeah. heard it and they said they heard it from a porno but i think it's just um you're getting a little too smart by the did you join emeralds right i don't know i just like the idea it was like no nookie is a brilliant idea for a you know a title and i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna i feel like i can't really say that nookie is the better song than freak on a leash just because that chorus is just so terrible yeah, and I think it's like even if they change the lyrics, it it doesn't build very well. And uh, you know, compared to Freak on a Leash, because it's just like it's just like you know they drop the beat and it's like I did it all for the Nikki. Come on, you know. And you compare it to something like you know like Freak on a Leash, where you know it uh, just just that chorus is just it feels more energetic. And I because I don't think that the lyrics are really the problem. I think that like the whole just structure of it being kind of well, limp. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at their I'm looking at the ratings and uh you know it's like all of them are like, you know, B plus to A. It's like all music, four stars, Entertainment Weekly B, uh Los Angeles Time, three out of four, Rolling Stone, four out of four. Um, although NME gave it three out of ten. I think there's I think there's some interesting things on that album. Uh, I you know, I like Limp Biscuit the band, I guess. Uh, you know, they got some cool, but the, you know, Limp Bizkit as a band was never as good as Korn as a band. Um, I oh, mean, yeah. I, 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 um, pulls I mean, out Korn popcorn, was... disc gonna be good. <laughs> Korn was certainly angrier. I think people might have mistaken that for being better. Because uh, again, like I'm looking at the uh, um, like at the track listing of Significant Other, there's definitely kind of like a storyline there, because like you have Nookie, the tracker read immediately after that is Break Stuff, you know, which is like, yeah, you know, obviously like intentionally dumb, because there's like a shape to it, and then it, it starts to get more and more sincere, and then it kind of, um, you know, goes back and forth. Number 12 is a uh, an, a track called No Sex, <laughs> uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. So it's no kind nookie, of like you, yes. you start with Nookie and then it goes to no Nookie. And then like number Man, 14. Things are not going is it, well for yeah. this game. <laughs> it's, it's called a lesson learned. So it's like you gotta you kind of got to take it in context, uh, which I think like it, it did, you didn't have to because like if you didn't really pay attention to the album, you could look at the song and be like, well, that's a dumb song, but you know, whatever. It's inoffensive. It's, it's crime is that it's long. But if you take it in the album, I think it's like, you know, it, it 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 it's more deliberate and smarter than than it looks. I think because I think the same is true about Fred Durst. Is like 
he was a smart guy who was also unintentionally. No, I think he was intentionally revealing. Like, I don't think it was unintentional at all. It just felt unintentional. And then people kind of came for him for that. I don't know. I, I was listening to Follow the Leader uh, leading up to this. And I'm not sure, like, these are great songs exactly. I But I do like the groove. They have uh, Monkey and Head. Head. And uh, the other <laughs> I loved Head with his. Which, he, that was the he, guitar not, player, right? He was the bassist. Um, okay. No, Monkey was the bassist. He was a guitar player. There's because there's two guitar players. There's Fieldy and Head are the two guitar. <laughs> no, Fieldy was a god, god damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, my, they all played the same. Like they all played in this yeah. like hunchback jumpy like <laughs> thing, and you couldn't you couldn't tell who the. I think Fieldy was the bassist. One of them became. We're talking about how they age. Well, one of them became like weird and religious. I think that's Fieldy. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe you're right. These are silly names. This was a silly band. Fieldy, Fieldy. was indeed the base bassist because uh, they were both silly. I think the thing is just like Corn never really had those moments of levity, at least in their singles. Like they definitely did on the album. But the other thing is like their albums got so dark and weird. Like I think Follow Which one? the Leader. All of Korn? them. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Limp Bizkit never got anywhere near as dark as Corn did. Like, Follow the Leader ends with, like, erotic auto asphyxiation where Jonathan Davis has, like, a 10 minute song where he fantasizes about strangling his girlfriend to death while he's having sex with her. Like, wow. Yeah. Yep. That it, sounds it, like <laughs> West Borland looks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a funny thing. How is West like, Borland in Limp Biscuit and not Corn? By the way, because that's he, weird. No, it's yeah. not. Like, because West Borland was not, and like he was not the angsty one. He was kind of like Limp Biscuits. But I mean, oh, just no. by, if you looked at him, which band would you think he was in? That's like I understand like what he's actually like. But. No, because I think the thing is like Corn's aesthetic. It was basically the same as the rest of Limp Biscuit, where it was just sort of like we're not really trying, except for John. Davis, who like tried a little with his kilts, but like with Limp Biscuit, you had like these four extremely basic looking guys who look like they just got off their shift at like you know the mechanic, like the, at the Chiffy Lube. You, no, and yeah, you'd West see Orleans. him hanging out. You'd see him hanging outside <laughs> the Seven Eleven. Yeah, exactly. Like this is the I'm I'm heading down to the bar aesthetic and Wes Borland. And that was the other thing is like Wes also did all of their art. Um, He, you know, did did like all of their merchandise and uh, like because he was the artist, like literally. And uh, also people liked him like they liked the way he looked. He was like the friendly one. He was the interesting one. So it totally makes sense that like I think he's part of the reason why Limp Bizkit was successful because without him, he's just like a bunch of guys that got off their shift at the Jiffy lube and are down at the bar yeah i've heard him described as like the, this crazy unpredictable flake artiste guy and he just mm-hmm. stood out so much yeah and that's why they part of why they ironically like broke up like 1500 times it wasn't yeah. because of like i mean like it was less because of artistic differences so much as like fred durst was a professional and he was <laughs> like he did like being punctual and he did kind of want to work with reliable people and Wes was not that uh, I think he was when they got as he got older like because now Limp Bizkit is just kind of like together they've been together like they just you know kind of perform every so often and it's not I, a big deal anymore I listened to some of their newer stuff and it's so sad no it's, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it I, can, I can't really bring myself to do it I think I, I would not advise it it's, it's basically the same stuff but worse like mm-hmm. we Y'all want a they're single not, here? Is, yeah, they're not Foo Fighters. Corn, they're really, not doing. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing it for love of the game. They're yeah, they're doing and, it like yeah. I think that's the other thing is like after Significant Other, that's all they did. It was just like we're not really here for the love of the game, but Interscope wants another album, so here you go. Yeah, Corn at the very least seemed like they knew it was like man, we've got something here, and like it wasn't ever my thing, but like they seemed like they were really impressed with what they were doing. They liked what they were doing, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. They were, it's like I respect they they were in it for the art, I guess. And I don't think they mm-hmm. ever expected to become huge like they did. And like I've mm-hmm. read stories about like what they were like during the follow the leader sessions. It was like it's like crazy party times because they had no idea they were ever going to make it even this far. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, versus, you know, what you described about Fred, who was like, yes, this is exactly yeah, Fred had a plan yeah, yeah, exactly. Fred Fred had like a road map. He he's like an architect, like. Um, and I think that it almost kind of like is part of like the backlash or, because he didn't 
clearly didn't really want to be a rock star. You know, he, he was like, he, cause he was using that as like his backdoor, you know, kind of, you know, I, I feel the same way where it's like, I don't want to be a YouTuber for the rest of my life. So, you know, I like, you know, start writing books and have these contracts with like, you know, PBS so I can have like a backdoor out whenever I age out of this. Cause I think like, that was another thing, like Fred Durst, was really conscious of like the fact that you age out of rock stardom or, uh, and it, he kind of worked with that and people kind of resented him for it. Cause you're not, you know, it's like, you're not supposed to admit that. <laughs> I don't know. I read a quote from him, like around the time of the chocolate starfish mm-hmm. uh, album, which kind of like recontextualized everything I ever heard about. I was like, I thought rock stardom was going to solve all my problems. Like once I'm big and famous, it'll be solve everything. But every day I wake up and I'm fatter and I'm balder and I still have anxiety problems. And I was like, and that's when I realized like there's a lot of sad stuff in this that he's like hiding under his, you know, big macho thing. I'm a rapper. I'm a rock star. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just seemed disenchanted with it. Yeah, especially by chocolate starfish. That's the other thing. Like, that's why I kind of fight back against like this idea that it's unintentionally revealing because I think he got more and more guarded as time went on and like that for like the music was just performative it was just like all right here's what you you want like rolling rolling i guess like you know it's just like (laughs) the you know album stopped being about anything you know people joke that they were never about anything well no they were like they were like the first two were like about something and then it kind of petered out from there i think um one of the bigger differences between corn and Limp Biscuit was like corn was kind of silly, like the knock the knock knock, and like they they're they're follow the leader ends with a cover of now Cheech break and Chong. stuff was yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but, no but break, versus, break stuff was like so serious. <laughs> uh, like when Limp Biscuit was funny, it wasn't really fa- that funny. Like I mean, they I were would, trying I, to be funny, and it w- never really came off to me. I, I guess, but I wouldn't call white man scatting funny like it 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 was it was kind of like sinister sounding it always seemed a little silly to me yeah it was silly but it was like you know actually corn was on south park right around this time yeah i remember yeah yeah i I remember the cheech thing like yeah because they had their like tongue-in-cheek moments but they also got so much darker but freak on a leash was it's ironically it was like a music industry song but it was also like you know, as mainstream as they ever got, but it just has, you know, you know, since it's the comparison of the two, it's just, you know, so much more energetic and has the much better music video. So, cause I think that's the other thing is I do put like Freak on a Leash is on like several of my playlists. I still listen to it. I can't say the same for Nucky. I'm not a huge fan of Freak on a Leash, but I can, he's like, if it comes on, I won't turn it off. Nucky, I will probably, you know, sing along with as for, you know, the first chorus and then I will change the channel i'm the only one the son who didn't get it (laughs) i completely forgot that he straight up quotes from eve six inside out i completely forgot about that because i never listened to it that far into the into the song you know i want to put my tender heart in a blender (laughs) and still i surrender (laughs) i i wonder if the eve six guy has uh any thoughts about that because he is all over twitter now spilling tea oh really oh yeah he's like talking shit about all the late 90s bands Really? Because I, I uh, Eve Six in their one song, Jesus. <laughs> like, like I, to, yeah, I, I guess I can't really speak to that um, because that was a thing. Like, Limbiscuit definitely did a lot of stuff without people's permission, and I think they really didn't like being in the same bucket as like Britney and Christina and the boy bands. So that's why, like, and Eminem did the same thing where they would say, especially shitty, heinous things about like you know Britney and Christina, who were like seventeen, eighteen at the time. Yeah, well, also about the the boy bands too, the stuff that really would not fly today. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, um, we're t- doing corn versus Limp Bizkit. I gotta ask, who won the battle rap? Who won All in the Family? Uh, I think Fred did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I was like, because he shamed Jonathan Davis into shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> that like, Daddy, do you remember All in the Family? Do you know what we're talking about? No, what explain to me as though you are so explaining a, to everybody else who like track me doesn't from, know things. It's on Follow the Leader, right? Yeah. Um, where they, they have like this rap battle and it's kind of a reference to the Family Values Tour, which they did every year. Because uh, they were friends. That's the other thing is like, Cord and Limp Bizkit were buddies and they collaborated all the time. And... Uh, all in the family was like their rap battle song and again it's it's they just like insulting each other and like you know i think they rhyme like halitosis with uh, like <laughs> so like i don't know like 
like they're just like oh your breath stinks oh well you you're bald oh well, you're fat and then it yeah. ends with like well, I'll fucking I'll I'll fuck you in the ass <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's how that like and then Fred Durst is like wait what and that's how the song ends <laughs> no yeah it's ex- it's and extremely homophobic did. there's like a lot of gay slurs in it and you can't play it today and then it ends with like them just making just out yeah. Going, yeah, <laughs> it ends with them making out well Corn was really like I I don't I don't want to call it homophobic, but it was very like bi curious, and I really don't like that about myself. You know, like I, I and I think that like if we want to get into that, like because like one of John Davis's like villain origin stories <laughs> is that he was molested as a kid, and um, he uh, by I think a neighbor, and then he didn't tell anyone uh, for until he was like well into his twenties, and you know kind of resented the shit out of his parents uh, because like I think they didn't believe him. But either way, that experience really informed like not only the music and the lyrics, but also I think it definitely informed his um, uh, attitude towards gay people. And I'm not saying that's good or rational. I'm just like, that was my read because like around this time, I remember him talking about it a lot and that being sort of like whenever pushed, they'd be like, well, that's why we, you know, use all these gay slurs and then kind of joke about like, you know, wanting to have sex with men. Yeah, it's a it's an odd thing. Like you hear that stuff about corn and you think, well, it's like, well, at least their pain comes from a real place. Versus Limp Bizkit's origin story, which is, you know, a girl dumped me. girlfriend dumped me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think, like, if, if that was true about Fred Durst, he would never, ever, ever, ever admit that. Um, and in a way, I think that's smart. You know, I think it's like you can only open yourself up to so much brutality. And I think people were, you know, whether they deserved it or not is, like, debatable. But people were really mean about them. So I, I think if I was Fred Durst, I'd be like, no. Yeah, <laughs> Keeping like, all that close to the vest. Like, people were, like were distrustful of the the angry white boys and the people who listened to Corn and Limp Biscuit, but like I think Corn like earned a tiny bit of sympathy because like mm-hmm. oh you know your angst comes from somewhere. It's like in right. Nirvana fans we we get it at least a little. Yeah, Versus it's like and Lim- you're from Bakersfield, like that just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, 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 like coming from like Panhandle, Florida is better. Uh, I would say yeah. You've never been to Bakersfield, man. <laughs> it's where hope goes to die. I was like, I was like, I was there recently, um, and as I was there, I was like, I get it. I, 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 get, I never really got corn until I went to Bakersfield. Wow. Yeah. Like, well, what, like, worse than like a Baxter, Tennessee. Like. Oh yeah. That was that's that's, a, that's that was the most like Jesus. No, because here's the thing, like Baxter, Tennessee. I'm sorry if you're listening for Baxter. No, because I I, I, I was thinking Cookville, right? Like, it's right next to Cookville, yeah. Yeah, because like that's in the like at least that looks nice. It's got mountains, like it's got it's got like a nature aesthetic. Baker Bakersfield has nothing. It's just flat dusts. It's like the middle of the valley, uh, and so it can't even be like yeah, we have a tree. Like all the trees are dead <laughs> in Bakersfield. Uh, Corn killed them. That's you know I, I'm gonna I get so we're... canceled. Like the population <laughs> of ba- Baxter, Tennessee, and Bakersfield, California are gonna come together, rise up. Actually, that's not true. I think everyone I've ever talked to who's from Bakersfield is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yep, 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 yeah, yep, couldn't, yeah. yep. You know, while we were just talking now, I just kind of realized that you know, corn was you know led by a rape victim, and Limp Biscuit, I guess, was perceived as like. The rapist band, yeah, the band for is, rapists, especially yeah. after Woodstock '99. Yeah, yeah, oh. I think, and it's interesting because it's like, again, you know, in 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 the era of Me Too, where it's just like you have all these people kind of like being outed. You know, that never really happened with Fred Durst, but like he or any of them that I know of. But like uh, Woodstock '99 was a like turning point. Um, I think it wasn't even during Lip Biscuit set that all the bad stuff uh, happened, and I think that was the other thing. Like none of it got reported because. You know, that never gets reported. I, th- I think it, they kind of did that, like, wishy-washy thing of, like, come on, guys. Like, let's <laughs> let's be nice to the ladies. Let's let's not rape <laughs> no, anybody. I, I, yeah, I read uh, Woodstock. I, I listened to a podcast about Woodstock 99, and they, you know, everyone assumed that all the bad shit happened during Limp Biscuits' uh, yeah. set, and it did not. It happened during the Red Hot Chili Peppers set, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers walked out of that without any damage yeah, whatsoever. Exactly. Like, 
I think it's interesting, like, they did kind of get assigned blame for things that, you know, didn't, like, I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't their fault, because, like, the the narrative now, I think, is like, well, they got amped up during the (laughs) Limp Bizkit set, and then, like, it was, you know, it was their fault, because, like, they they, they were, like, you know, high on aggression and adrenaline. Um, I don't know, like, the, like, there's, like, clips of the Limp Bizkit set in the podcast, and I was and even like Fred Durst is a little freaked out by how amped they are. I was like, "Wow, yeah, you guys yeah." Are you, nuts. you listen to them. He's just like, "Hey, could you stop? Could knock it off?" <laughs> like, because like he's just like you can hear him be like, uh, uh, "It's gonna bite me in the ass, isn't it?" And it did. <laughs> yeah, like uh, no, none of the Limp Bizkit people would like even be interviewed for this. Like, we're not ever talking about this ever again. Like, yeah. I think they feel a little victimized by it because you know I think we they didn't feel victimized, but also like I think that was also that's where you kind of realize like, oh god, you know our audience might be terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like so many YouTubers inevitably have to choose, you know, <laughs> like, am I going to be quiet on certain political things or am I going to call out the shitheads? I mean, corn still, you know, corn stayed together for, I think they're still together now. I don't think they ever even went on hiatus, but Limp Biscuit didn't last much longer than that. No, they, I think they broke up in 2002-ish, 2003-ish, um, and then I mean, they've they, kind of been like off and on ever since. Like they'll come together, they'll break. I and mean, when I say they, I mean West Borland. Like <laughs> you know, because I think that's that's the thing. Is like they realize like even if they're kind of like a shadow of their former selves, like Fred and Wes are nothing about each other. Like I think that was my thing. Like that was my first ship. Is I you know I was like those two. <laughs> you know it's just like you know because I mean they're like an odd couple. Like you're just like where did you guys even meet? Like <laughs> it's like at what, what forums were you in? What what interest was there that overlapped between you two you know maybe it was just that fred had a a five-year plan (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like that guy that's going to be like the perfect contrast to my terrible hats and my four sizes too big shirts and my my terrible awful jinko pants he never wore jinko he know he's sorry i'm sorry fred durst i know you would never ever wear jinko he wasn't that bad wow shots fired at jinko jeans yeah. Those were like the giant ones you'd wear with a uh, chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. I Like I said, I was not even cool enough to be Jinko <laughs> jeans. Yeah, no, do you not but it's like there there were there not kids in your class that wore Jinko jeans? Of course. I would have to have <laughs> interacted or looked at any <laughs> of them at some point. Not Princess Anne High School, too good for Jinkos, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were I'm I'm sure it was 1999. I'm sure they were wearing it all there. I remember their... the Jinkos. Even at the time, I was like, oof. And I was the person that was wearing Limp Bizkit shirts to school every day. You know, like I, w- I paid that $20 to have it, I think, shipped. Because obviously, no, 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 no. Because uh, we got our Hot Topic. We got our first Hot, no, that Hot Topic was in Asheville. Had to drive an hour to the Hot Topic in Asheville to <laughs> buy my, because like that was the other thing. Like Wes Borland ha- was like obsessed with aliens. Um, and so like all of his like little, like yeah, little doodles that would he, they would put on shirts were like you know kind of like an alien with a like headphones on and I was like yes it me so yeah because I, I I think that was the thing like I liked Fred I was like Fred is like my dumb buddy but I was like in love with Wes like I think Wes was like uh, after I got over Will Smith I hopped to West Portland the <laughs> obvious progression <laughs> the <laughs> obvious successor obvious, yes obvious yes the obvious successor. <laughs> Wes is you know, from Tennessee. He's he's like you know one of our boys. You know I'm 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 looking at the the Nookie video and there are so many chicks in this video, and I was like, how many new metal chicks were there? I wonder. Uh, like, more than you think. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. It's just like this was also the era of like big internalized misogyny. Um, and yeah, they were a lot uh, of cool girls. Look at all the yeah. cool girls in that video. You were not into Backstreet or no? Britney. I was I was a cool girl. Yeah. And then, of like, course, I went hard. Like the progression was like uh, Tori Amos, new metal, musical theater. Like that was my <laughs> that, that was my like late nineties, early two thousands experience. That's a journey. Is it? That though? is a winding road. <laughs> I guess it is because I don't. I don't know people. Many people who went directly from Corn and Biscuit to Les Misérables. No, I cannot. That's. <laughs> you're a, you're a unique person, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think that, that was would... unintentionally revealing. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the four questions, or, or excuse me, three questions, or did you? you have can't even else? remember how many questions there are. No, I have a fourth question. 
Okay. That I'm trying out. It might t- it might take the place of one of the other questions. Is it how dare you? Uh, it is not. It is not. We'll wait and find out. It's a good one. Um, okay. Uh, oh, you know, what I will say is um, I when I think of new metal, I always think of the end of um, uh, Down with the Sickness, and specifically the cheesy lounge version from the end of Dawn of the Dead, the remake. And the guy oh, that, that the did that did a lounge version of lounge both of against these the songs. machine. Yeah, uh, Rick, Richard, Richard Cheese. Cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll say this: uh, Freak on a Leash lends itself surprisingly well to lounge. What about Nookie? Because I think he did versions of both. He did. He well, he he did like yeah, yes, he did two songs by Corn at, at least. Well, I think but, that, I think that like because Corn like Freak on a Leash has a melody. Uh, yes, Nookie yeah. the chorus does not. It's just yelling. So I can and it see also where has that scatting, would... which is really like you could insert that right into a lounge. Boom, da da do. <laughs> yeah, I tell you this though, I would like to hear that like funky porn version of Nookie. Like now that I heard it in my head, like I have to, someone has to make this someday. Like the Barry yeah. White Isaac Hayes. Somehow or other, I think I think I might have had sheet music of Significant <laughs> Other at one point because I remember like looking at the chords and they're so strange. Like they're very counterintuitive, um, and. Uh, in that in that way, it just like it doesn't really lend itself to any kind of you know for it's like the opposite of a of a four chord <laughs> pop song where it's just yeah. like the the two chord the two main chords of the like the guitar the power chords are just don't really have anything to do with each other they're in different keys you know it's very yeah, strange the, the the tritone what we call it the the two notes that don't go together ever <laughs> yeah although like I you know. Corn also had their thing where they had like their guitars tuned in like all sorts of insane ways and like mm-hmm. so loose. Like, and they, they had were... those like filters. Yeah, I think that was the other thing is like they they were really heavy on the filters because then if they fucked up, you couldn't tell. Respect, <laughs> respect. Smart. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right. So three questions. These are the three questions that if we're not sure about where where the the podcast is going, we really shore it up by gum with these very serious questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first question is uh, one of these songs uh, must be lost to time, forever erased, uh, and the other must stay. Um, what is the one that has to stay? Otherwise, all of human creation will crumble. I got to go with Freak Out a Leash yeah. because, again, the you know the music video is part of the package. Yeah, the music video is, I, th- I think, the most important legacy of either of these songs. Yeah, you just, you know, bless you, Nookie, but it's just a bunch of chicks falling for a durst around, like, <laughs> yeah. under a and, blue uh, filter. Also, Nookie's like, not it's... a good song. Yeah. Like, there, there you go. So, and Freak on a Leash is, you know, a decent song. Nookie's special to me because, like, it's an amazingly ridiculous song, and I can't believe it exists, and I can't believe it was a hit, but, like, I I don't think it has much of a legacy to Such it. Such a huge hit. Their biggest hit. Yeah. Because yeah, that was the other thing, is, like, as I was kind of revisiting this, I got bored by Significant Other really quick. Um, but, like, I, w- I went back to the $3 Bill, y'all, which is their uh, previous one. That was the one that had uh, the Faith cover on it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I, w- I was, like, much more into that one, because I felt like it was a lot more energetic, and it was very, it was more mid 90s uh and it was more like they didn't know they were going to be famous and you can tell and uh i think that the thing about nookie is once they knew they were going to be really really big stars they played it a lot safer and i think you can't really say the same for corn i think they were still like you know like you said like um, follow the leader they didn't know they were going to be huge stars so they just kind of did whatever so it was kind of coming at it from different places yeah i think that's a pretty uh pretty solid answer there freaking unleash wins this one and Great. probably will win a lot more. Yeah, on. That's probably right. All right, question number two. Uh, you could be a fly on the wall for the, the composition of a song. You can see the whole thing, including the music video, if you like. Uh, all the fights that might exist, all the good times, all the pornos they may have watched. Um, but only one. Uh, which is Which of the two songs do you want to see the creation of? Nookie. Yeah, that sounds right. Like like I said, I read the making of Follow the Leader, and it's just like total Motley Crude debauchery, and Quite honestly, that doesn't interest me. And I don't particularly find the corn guys interesting as people either. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the other thing is like, again, Fred and Wes seem pretty normal. Jonathan Davis is a 9-11 truther. And oh, also, is he? I did not know that. Like low-key anti-vax. He's really into conspiracy theories. Him and Billy Corgan can go make out. They can have a rap battle. No. Uh, <laughs> Corg- 
Corrigan is much worse on the scale. Like he's not like just mildly anti-vax friendly. He's like a full-on monster. Psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I think. Uh, um, I think the the thing about Limpisk is that I imagine their uh, sessions were pretty civil. <laughs> like at worst, <laughs> it's gonna be like Wes is late again. Uh, you know, and so I think for that reason, it's. Pro- but I think like it's also at that time they were still having fun with it, so it just probably was a more fun atmosphere. I assume I could be totally wrong. All right. I'm going to this is the 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 potential new question. We'll save the, the third question will never go away. Um the Shatner question is the greatest question ever told. But um let us say hypothetically Megan the Stallion is about to set out to do some hot girl shit on the night. Okay. And she needs to get pumped up by listening to one and only one of these two songs. <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> Which song is Megan the Stallion listening to before she gets up to hot girl shit on the night? I think Nookie. I could I get agree. pumped to Nookie. I could get pumped to Nookie. Freak on a Leash, I don't know. It's a song I like, but it's not a song that's ever made me get get above a six yeah. or a seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can see, like, if, you, if you're, like, if you if it's already on a Get Pumped playlist, then, like, okay, I could see that, yeah. This is only for the first half of Nookie before yeah, I get to eventually you're like, okay, just... click. Yeah, because I'm over here, like, we're going to talk about Significant Other, the concept album, okay, you guys? <laughs> Give Fred Durst his due. I think it's funny. It's like as older I get, I think because I was I, like I spent like the first ten years of of like you know the two thousands kind of like ashamed of my past, and now I'm like a huge Fred Durst apologist, <laughs> where I'm just like, guys, he's he's fine. He's all station wagons on his Instagram. Leave him alone. <laughs> he just wants to I direct want, Ice Cube movies. Why are his Why is his Instagram full of station wagons? I heard about I that this, the other day, and I was just like, what? I think it's the same reason why I when in doubt I default to tweeting about the Olive Garden. Like, basically what happened was um, he, again, became the object of ridicule because uh, Trump tweeted something. And on his official Twitter, Fred Durst was like, you know, Mr. President, please stop doing this. Like, you know, (laughs) you you need need to like, you know, basically he was trying to appeal to Trump's better angels and everybody ridiculed him for it. Uh, So he was like, fine. And so he deleted everything off of his main socials, everything off of Instagram, and then just replaced it with pictures of station wagons. And that's where he's, he's lived ever since. The break Gosh. stuff guy pleads for, pleads yeah. for peace. Like, <laughs> imagine how terrible it would feel to discover that uh, in the angel devil shoulder scenario, you are supposed to be in the job of Trump's angel. <laughs> and Fred Durst is I'm sure that that's exactly if Trump has an angel on his shoulder it looks like Fred Durst <laughs> Fred Durst yeah so, it just like it honestly kind of hurts my heart a little you know just like that was like the first time Fred Durst made the news in years was that he appe- tried to you know appeal to Trump's better angels uh, in a way that like you know kind of respected Trump and I guess that was his mistake like tried to m- be rational like tried to appeal to Trump's rationality uh, and it just kind of makes me sad because it was like the last time he tried to like be a person and like you know participate yeah. in society now he's just like fuck it listen fred if you're listening to the podcast and i know you are please understand <laughs> that we had song versus song are helping you out today by declaring in one firm voice that nookie is real hot girl shit you can <laughs> make it these stallion gets pumped yeah. to nookie <laughs> you know if fred durst if Fred Durst was the angel, I guess Kid Rock was the devil. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, oh. it's too real. Because, like, that's my, my other un- well, semi-related hot take is I don't think, I think Fred Durst is actually a pretty good rapper. Um, he just kind of didn't really do it for Significant Other because, like, it was very, like, I guess almost kid friendly, like the, you know, because uh, like, again, you look at like earlier stuff, it was a lot more interesting. I mean, it wasn't like Eminem level for yeah. other white guy comparison, but it was, you know, it's just like he did, he did kind of have, you know, good flow and lyrics for the first album. And then it got a little basic. And I think people kind of, I think, I think in together that. now was, was pretty solid as for him. Well, yeah. Cause he had a, yeah. Cause he had, a, <laughs> he had to like bring his A game cause it had method man on it. Yeah. I always, I've never listened to Three Dollar Bill, y'all. So I I just assumed Method Man wrote all of In Together Now, and Fred rapped his p- part. But Method Man wrote it. It was my mm-hmm. assumption. But like, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not the rap expert, but I think there, he, he, you know, kind of did a lot better on $3 Bill Yell, but I think that was more a reflection of, like, the type of music they were making. He wasn't making music for Total Request Live, which he yeah, was but, by Significant Other. And by Chocolate Starfish, it was, you know, no, you want to roll like this right here, L-I-M-P Biscuit right here. Yeah, like, and, I, I, and I, just, like, I don't think it's because he's bad at words, uh, like, or, yeah, I think that was just, like, fuck you we don't care anymore all right he's like we're gonna make such trash and you're gonna buy it and they were right because chocolate starfish did pretty well chocolate starfish (laughs) well now it's time to talk about the most important question in the history of human creation uh a question that could very well save all of us right here Mm -hmm. right now and lord knows we need some help william shatner uh thes thespian uh, owner of hair, his, who knows? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, musician? Sure. Uh, he's going to do a hey Shatner now. version of one and only one of these two songs. Nookie. I want to hear him try the scat on his <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like, do we want him to fail? Because I liked, <laughs> I liked that Shatner album that was produced by Ben Folds. I, yeah. I think I like his his Common People better than the original. Um, I, I think I, I could, I think he, he, he could do a version of Nookie that is better than the original if Ben Folds produced it. I came into this world as a reject. Look into these eyes. Actually, <laughs> I think you're right. I think he, I think he could do a, like an actual did it better all for version the of the Nookie. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, stick it up your yeah. Stick it, it up your and then you know, but then you have like a chorus being like yeah, just like in the original. I uh, think yeah, go, because, go listen to Shatner's Common People. You're, you you you'll you'll if you haven't heard it, you'll be like wow, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Nookie gives him more to work with. Like Freak on a Leash is too poetry ish, but yeah. Nookie is like an it's actor's monologue. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's why Common People works, and the, uh, basically all of those out- tracks on that William Shatner album, um, because they're all they all tell the story. They're all actors' monologues, and I think it, it would have to be the one that like tells a story. I agree. Yeah. I think I wish I William hope Shatner we will do have... Nookie. I want to yeah. Ben <laughs> Folds, yeah, you're it. not busy. I also yeah. I appreciate you bringing up uh, Common People because as you know, we are slowly cultivating uh, more snobs in the audience. I hope. And mm-hmm. when we've got enough, we'll definitely do a pulp versus suede episode. That feels inevitable now. Oh, is it now that common, common people, people has appeared? Or I might do a, I might I mean, do a pulp I, versus blur. I'm re- oh really? Interesting. I see. I always associate. I, mean, I guess the suede is a little less big in in the states, but I always yeah. equate the two of them more so than than blur and pulp. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that that's right. And uh, and I really do hope very much William Shatner, who has been listening to the podcast since episode one, <laughs> He's a big fan. will will finally reach out and do the right thing. Yeah, I believe in you. Yeah. Maybe this is going to be like my Fred Durst thing, and I'm going to be posting station wagons on Instagram. But I believe in you, Will, <laughs> Bill. Yeah, I think, I think I, yeah, yeah. There's a part of me that like now that I'm verified on Instagram, wants to just like join Fred Durst in solidarity with like <laughs> station wagon Graham. Yeah, definitely do another do a Fred Fred Durst appreciation post. Yeah, just just this is a Fred Durst appreciation post. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna see how that flies. There let me go. make sure. Let me make sure something horrible hasn't happened. <laughs> well, I'm not involving Fred Durst at the very least. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Army well, hammers what? trending. Okay, I'm gonna do it. It's probably safe. All right, while you're so doing that. All right, Todd, please, please read what uh, what people said about these two songs. We already know that it's going to be rough, but here we go. Okay. Well, you know, the the comments are always a little more even than the voting. That's true. Here we go. Jamie Datch writes, I have not listened to much new metal. I expected that I'd hate both, but corn a little less. Having listened now, I think I genuinely like Nookie. It's bitter and gross, but like... He's using the words nookie and cookie. It puts a big <laughs> smile on my face when I hear it. I think that's why. Yeah, that was why it was because this like that was their big single right after Faith. So it like they were already set up as like the dumb clowns of TRL. So, you know, it's meant yeah. to be taken tongue in cheek. Does anyone imagine, remember? Like, I still all I can think is the Shatner thing now, because then you'd have, <laughs> you'd have Fred Durst. William Shatner. <laughs> Fred Durst, Cookie Monster, William Shatner. That's have it. Have you heard the that's, Cookie that's Monster the, version? Of course. 
It was very popular on Napster, is what yes, I recall. Yes, it was. I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm just waiting. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get, like, I'm going to find out Fred Durst's deep, dark secret that I've been pretending hasn't happened. <laughs> like, it was there like, you go. If you get canceled while we're recording this podcast, yeah, I, I probably will. Like, I remember the last time I said something nice about Cardi B, and, like, half the ads were like, she's a transphobe, and I'm like, I, I didn't get that memo, but I'm else uh, never say anything nice about her again. All right. JT Radzai writes... I'm fairly certain. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the responses. Oh, now, no. <laughs> the first one is now I know why y'all be loving this shit right here. <laughs> Second one is Are you gonna break something tonight? <laughs> why did he do all the things he did? <laughs> why? Not the worst famous Durst. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Robert is worse than Durst. <laughs> Open Twitter day ruined. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, Golden E Pump writes, Nookie sounds like freak on a leash as interpreted by a child. <laughs> I disagree. I don't think they would sound anything alike. And I also don't uh, think Nookie was inspired by Freak on a Leash. No, I don't think so either. JT Radzai writes, I'm fairly certain West Borland is my sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> uh, I never had sleep paralysis. So maybe that's why I was in love with him. I wanted it. I wanted that experience that everybody else gets. No, my uh, my sleep paralysis demon was Shaggy too dope. So uh, mine was just regular Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was like, stop doing that, he was like, He's it, like wasn't it wasn't me. me. <laughs> Scotty Began writes, the fact that you're calling it Nookie tells me you're not ready for it yet. <laughs> Maybe in a couple years, Fred. This is solid Arrested Development reference. Good good job, Scotty. All right. This, this intrigues me. Brian Tierney writes, going with Nookie solely for the fact that Fred Durst is in the Fight Club video game adaptation. Huh. What? Yeah, What? I didn't know First there was off, a Fight Club video game adaptation. Makes sense. No, though, and I certainly named... didn't know that Fred Durst was in it. He has know. watched Fight Club about twenty-eight times, if you recall. Or, I, I do not, know. but that sounds right. No, I it's think a... that's a that's a lyric from Break Stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just watched that movie yesterday. All right, Merda D'Artista writes: Nookie is so incredibly stupid, but it got me over a horrible breakup in grad school. It's like yes. I, I had to reread this a couple times because I thought it said grade school. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Some people, you know, it's just like when you're in the third grade and you find your first love. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I abs- it sounds more like a grade school song than a grad school song. I can tell you that. But- I was wrong. It's a it's a lyric from Living It Up, which is from Chocolate Starfish. Because that, that was my, my, my memory. I'm like, no, there wasn't a lyric that bad on Significant Other. I've watched Fight Club about 28 times. What did he mean by that? Because he's angry. He's like trying to show how mad he is. No, I watched. He watched it twenty eight times and didn't get it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I'm just looking. Oh wow! Yeah, this was a terrible song. This was. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, He comes for Christina. Come on, Fred. Drop it. Uh, What a terrible year. I I I recall they duetted. Fred and Christina. Yeah. Like the VMAs. They think that was our, like, we're making up. No, know. I think that was, like, and afterwards, I think afterwards Fred was like, yeah, and I fucked her afterwards. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Why? So not I entirely think this is it worked out well for um, uh, Eminem, who did the exact same thing. Um, yeah. With the exact same <laughs> Christina Aguilera. And so that was just, like, they were just passing her around, hypothetically. Uh, yeah, stand-up guys. Good time for... Uh, Women, feminism, 90s. <laughs> all right. I think we're done with this. Who, uh, you all, you already said that Korn probably won. How much do you think they won by? Uh, 10%. 10%? 60-40? Uh, yeah. I, or 55-45? Mm, I, I, I think it's going to be like 70-30. I think it's going to be some rough, rough stuff. All right. For a total of 474 to 133. That's a oh, 78 wow. to 22%. Damn. Corn uh, wins by a mile. And uh, I assume has beautiful, beautiful sex with Fred Durst afterwards. 
by the way, I I looked up a live uh, recording of all in the fa- of the live performance of all in the family, and it's just ridiculous. There's like they're both playing both bands like like 15 guitars on there and a break dancer <laughs> and then like fred durst falls into either head or monkey and like the pants are falling down because you know it's the 90s both of their pants. Like, <laughs> yeah. everything has to be 18 sizes too big i mean i was like you know like a fat kid in high school and i was like yes i think that's why i was like yes an excuse to wear clothes that are too big hide my horrible body <laughs> get one of those like fred giant- durst understood your pain yeah, Fred Durst understood my pain. <laughs> he is quite slim in that Nookie video. Oh he wow, get- I just got I just got a response from Jamil Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, I think that's it for also tonight. also pr- appreciator of of Fred Durst. So New York Times <laughs> opinion columnist Jamil Bowie, Team Durst, not that's the it. worst Durst, least second uh, worst Durst. <laughs> so Durst Second is the worst. Second is the Wes. <laughs> Durst, yeah. I, I, All maybe. right. Thank you for watching Song vs. Song. Thank you, Lindsay Ellis. You can check her out at um, at the Lindsay Ellis on Twitter. Uh, you can buy her book Axioms End. That's out. I was gonna say if you really like West Borland type aliens, mm-hmm. yeah, you should read not, Axioms yeah, End. Not that book, but uh, it's got aliens in it. See, there you go. That's all you need. It takes place in the past, closer yeah. to the nineties than it is now. So No, nah, there's really yeah, I'm just like, I'm like nothing. <laughs> we we did our best. And yeah. if you like this podcast, please review us on uh, Apple iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. If you want to donate a dollar to us, we have a Patreon. Uh just a dollar gets you like a free bonus episode. We review a movie every uh every month, and if you get to <laughs> donate some money, you can pick what we uh what we review. And uh, did I forget anything, Dan? Uh, you have to tell what the next episode's going to be. Oh, uh-huh. oh uh, no. next next week. It is the Steal Your Man Anthems of 2007. We are going to be doing Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend versus Paramore's Misery Business. Mm. We I are mean, in the business of misery. I will enjoy that more than I new bet metal. I, yeah, I think that's going to be a freak <laughs> on a leash nookie uh, proportion. Uh, Ooh. But, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. It. I'm curious because the girls right. really loved Avril. Maybe they. It's I don't true. think it's it depends gonna, on your average age of your yeah, the average age of your audience. All right. Yeah. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.